Yo. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. We straight there. All right. Let's get bro on. Hey, you Yo. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, bet. We all live. All right, man. We set. We set. How's it going? First and foremost, I want to welcome everybody again to another episode of Will Talk with a real always talk. I'm your ho- I'm your host Will with Mike, and we got another co-host, one of my guys. Well, I should say one of the best hoopers I know. I call him the Return, my boy Demarion Snell. What's going on, bro? <laughs> What's happening, man? I appreciate you. Welcome to the show. Already, man. Let's go ahead and get into it, man. Go ahead and talk some basketball, dog. Um, I want to start. I want to start with uh with Lonzo Ball because everybody here like Lonzo, man. Uh, <laughs> I want I want to talk about his growth, man. What, what y'all think about the year that he had, man? Was was it a long time coming, man, or what? Um, personally, I don't think it was a long time coming. I knew it was gonna happen. Um. You know, Lonzo was never, even if you watched him at UCLA, he was never hit. One of his weak points was his jump shot, even though he was putting the ball in the hole. He was going against weaker competition and also hit the three-point range is a lot is a lot uh, closer than the NBA. So I, I thought that he would, eventually it would catch up. Um, one thing I would like to say, though, is that I've always personally thought that Leandro Ball was always the most NBA ready. Um, it didn't happen because of the mishap that he had in his career and him messing with his dad and him taking him out of college because that was the main thing that he needed for him to get to the NBA. Um, and then on top of that, let me also add that I think LaMelo Ball is going to be the number one pick, and he's also probably going to be the next superstar in the NBA. Mm. 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 Go, 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 go ahead, Mike. All right, bro. First of all, I love Lonzo Ball. I love Lonzo Ball. And you're right, D. Um, coming in, the question, even though he was scoring at UCLA, the question was – could he shoot that shot? And it's ugly. We know it's ugly. But what he does do, well, he does it great. Um, even in L.A., if you look at it right now, bro, he's averaging about 12, 6, and 7. It's right along par for his career. It's the same thing, except for right now, he's doing it more efficient. He's more comfortable in this new environment. Um, so so it's looking better. Um, but the jump shot is approving. Um, he's a great rebounding guard. He has excellent court vision. Um, he got stronger. He's a great perimeter defender, in my opinion. I thought he was great as a Laker. I think him and Drew Holiday are a good tandem out there in the world. I think he's perfect. Um, as far as his brothers, Melo, uh, uh, Melo is up there. He may sneak around and get number two. I don't know about number one. I just can't see that. But the way the game is played, uh, jump shot, fast break, he fits right in right now. So I, I agree with that part. Mm. Uh, well, y'all both brought up some very good points. Uh, uh, 
I'm more so along the lines of Lonzo's always been a great defender. I, I mean, I always thought that he played great defense. You know, he's six seven, he long, he he's very athletic. And I think that I think that a lot of people got caught on the fact that he wasn't averaging twenty. I don't like it's a stigma to where now it's like the point guard gotta average, you know, twenty points to be deemed successful. I mean like D, like D said, coming out of college, I mean, he wasn't. Now, I, I'm gonna say that's to some to some point guards. I say because I feel like his dad brought a lot of hype around him as well. Exactly. Put a big target on his back. I yeah. So, um, you know, it was a lot of expectation there, but I think as far as his career goes, I mean, I feel like he had a solid career. I mean, of course, it's a learning curve. It's always gonna be a learning curve with the NBA, but. Now I think we seeing the fruits of, of his labor, so to speak. You know, with him being comfortable and his dad not breathing down his neck. You know about him saying he better, he gonna be better than Steph and all this nonsense. So, yeah. um, it's not only the fact of his dad not, and it's more so of him just because of the whole situation with Alan Foster and Big Baller Brand. I think he's starting to not take a lot of what his dad says into consideration anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it's the fact that he doesn't have that spotlight of being a Laker on him anymore. And I think that weighs down on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If you look, so is the bright and lights and of L.A. too much for 30 superstars? Now, I don't think it was too much for Lonzo. Uh, my issue was with everybody. As a true Lakers fan, my issue is that nobody really gave Lonzo a chance. And I understand that as being the second pick, you're supposed to be able to change a franchise overnight. But Lonzo wasn't necessarily that type of player. He put it this way. If we, in a perfect world, had we traded Kuzma instead of Lonzo Ball, the Lakers would low, would probably be far above the Clippers at this point instead of us being worried every time we see them because of their depth. I agree because that's I'm as another mm. true Lakers fan here. Uh, our weakness is when LeBron goes off when he gets when he goes to the bench when we bring Rondo little turtle face ass in the game. Excuse my French. When when Rondo gets in the scoring. It kind of goes down. But with a guard like Lonzo, who's going to give you the energy on both ends, he's going to always find somebody. In some kind of way, the scoring is going to pick up. He's going to find somebody. Hey, Mike, let me ask you this, though. Yeah. Do, do you think that – do you feel like Lonzo's a bit exposed now as far as – I mean, I know that he was great with Boston, but he had a big three in Boston. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. He – yeah. He didn't necessarily have to score because there was so much talent around the floor. It opened up for him to be able to score. Now that he's just in a situation where it's only two big men on campus, I feel like he's a little bit exposed. And also going back to Lonzo, if you go back and look at when they were that, yo, you hear me, bro? Yeah, 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 yeah. You good? You good? Bit, bit. It just yeah. like Yo. Yo. All right, man. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all pick up where y'all left off, man. That, that, that was right, good. Yeah, yeah. Interesting points on Rondo being exposed. 
continue with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like because he had so much, I mean, I'm not to say that Rondo is ill at what he did, but I feel like because of the fact he had so much talent around him on that Boston squad, yeah. I feel like it, it made him seem a lot better than what he actually was. Look at him now. I mean, needless to say, Rondo never really had a reliable jump shot, but now that has come to the point that he actually needs that jump shot, he, he looks a little bit faulty in my opinion. I agree. You know what? This is, if my memory serves me correctly, this is the first time he's been put in this situation. Like you say in Boston, he had Hall of Famer, Ray Allen to kick it in, which he didn't particularly like Ray Allen, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, KG, Avery Bradley, whatever they had. Then, let's see, I think he went to Chicago. He had, he was a starter in Chicago with talent. He went to New Orleans with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. So he, so he always been in a starting situation with other guys at on the court at the same time who could score. So it makes him look good. And right now, coming off the bench, the Lakers second unit just can't score well. And yeah, he, he's super exposed for like he's very limited. He's very limited in what he can do, and he still does great things. Like he's a great passer, he still can do that. Every once in a while, he'll show up on defense, but it's not the same Rondo, and it's because different situation, less talent. Right, that and the fact that he's older. And I personally, in my heart of hearts, I feel like if we had Lonzo to take that spot along with Alex Caruso right there, we'd be a lot better off in the long run. So, 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 not, no more extra talent. If we just substituted Rondo for Lonzo Ball on the second unit, you think that second unit will run smoother? Not only would that unit run smoother, but here's what would happen. Lonzo would end up starting and taking the ball up most of the time to take that load off LeBron. And eventually what would happen is LeBron would go to the bench early and Lonzo being as young and as endur- having as, as much endurance that he has would end up taking up for that second squad too, which was the point that I was going to say after that before we originally cut out that if you remember that first season when they all got there, Lonzo was pretty much the team captain. When Lonzo was on the floor, the ball moved. People got they got the ball in their spots, and they were able to score. The instant Lonzo got injured, we got stagnant. That is true. I remember that. That's very true. That's very true. What you think, Will? Man, I mean, I mean, I I agree, man. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of Lonzo, man. Lonzo. Oh, man. Most people call him a generational passer, man. Lonzo, if anything, he can move the ball. He can quarterback an offense. I feel like Rondo game just never evolved, if that if that makes sense. Uh, he never quite developed. The, even though he didn't have a jump shot in college, most people develop somewhat of a jump shot. But, I mean, with him – he relied on his athleticism a lot. And don't get me wrong, he has a high basketball IQ, but very high. At some at some point you have to you have to develop some type of jump shot in order to be effective. I mean, most of the time you look at Rondo, he's left wide open for a reason. Which is why I think 
he attempts so many shots, but we call him bad shots, but at the same time, he got to shoot those because he's wide open, which leads me into my, into my next point. Would Caruso be a, be a better fit in that position than Rondo? Even though Fresh. Rondo has the experience, Fresh. Oh, I love Fresh, man. I I love his motor, bro. He gonna play hard all the time. And, and if you look at the numbers, I'm not like super. I don't super key in on the PERs and plus minus and all that. But I look at it when Caruso is in, we never taking a dip. Caruso equals positive things on the court, bro. And he gonna dunk on somebody every once in a while. Or he gonna catch a body. I've seen it live. Oh my god! Hey, you, uh. you know what, man? I think he's uh, Caruso. I, I really think Caruso, man, is gonna be an X factor for the Lakers just because he, like you said, he brings a certain type of energy, man. He brings toughness to the position. I mean, he can guard bigger guards. He plays better defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I think honestly, man, Rondo gets those minutes because it's it's Rondo. He he lives off his name, you know. what I mean, he he make a good play every once in a while, but if you look at the like I said, the instance of the the Clipper game, I mean, some of the stuff he was doing, man, was kind of like, you know, come on, Rondo, but exactly. Like, thank God for Avery Bradley because he wouldn't have made it with Rondo, and. And and I'm not even going to put no thought on Rondo's name because let me say right now, Rondo is the only person I've ever seen that can't normally shoot jump shots, drop 45 points with a broken arm on LeBron at that. But that that was way back when. He's an old man now. Um, As far as Caruso goes, I love Fresh. I love the energy and I love the confidence he brings at such a young age and especially being drafted as far back as he was. Because Kuzma's drafted just as far back and Caruso's been producing way far and above. Um, the only thing that makes me worry about that is just that he doesn't have that pure playmaking ability that Rondo possesses where they look at the defense. One of the reasons that they give Rondo that shot is because they know that if he gets by you, he's going to produce something. So you're strong just letting him shoot that. Um, and then my the, the thing that scares me is that we need him for that second unit to get the ball around because, like y'all said, the only person that's really producing is Kentavious Caldwell Pope. For the second unit, and at this point, putting fresh in that second unit, I would rather, at this point, I would rather just have Caruso start and let LeBron bring the ball up, um, just because of that fact. Um, he 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 swarms. He plays great defense. He shows excellent confidence for his age in this league. Um, but if I had to choose between Letting him start or Rondo, I would definitely let him and AB start and let Rondo pick up, keep, continue with the second unit. But that's all we got at this point. We just have to pray that when it comes playoff time, he knocks down some shots. Hmm. And, and when it comes playoff time, I think that's where it's going to get interesting. Me personally, I like the lineup with, with Danny Green. 
Bradley, uh, Brian, and the rest. And then th- it's that second unit where somebody has to stand out. I mean, you talking about X Factor in Sunday Sunday's game, Avery Bradley was the X Factor, right? But it's so mm-hmm. many people who could be that. Like KCP could be that at any moment. Danny Green is a champion for a reason. He can be that at any moment. So it's oh, up man. to the other guys and really the person who I think it should be, who I'm just not believing in right now, but it should be, it should be Kuzma. He should be able to average twenty or something close to it off the bench. Something's going on with Kuzma. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I'm I'm not sure if he's I don't know if it's fear or if he's just not as comfortable with Lonzo. You know they were like best friends. Mm. Yeah. But I just don't see that same type of fire in him that I've seen last year. It's it's more of a passiveness, like he's scared to mess up. And it, and I can't blame him. He's a second-year player, but I want Kuzma to realize that the only reason we kept you over Lonzo or over Brandon Ingram is because of the fact that you produced so well that first season. Mm-hmm. And now the fact that you're not producing, it, it makes it feel like we've made a bad investment because – at this point, imagine LeBron and AD with a Brandon Ingram. Or imagine LeBron and AD with Alonzo Ball over Kyle Kuzma. Because at the beginning of this season, we were expecting Kyle Kuzma to be that third man. And it's basically been KCP and Danny Green. And side note, KCP, he's been getting shitted on for the beginning of this year, but I got so I watched all of last the the end of last year by the time LeBron got injured, and I KCP was the only thing holding this team together scoring wise. So I knew once he got it together, and if you look, KCP be barely missing at this point. It's just that he That's don't true. get that many steps. But is very true. But it, it's honestly for Kuzma. It the 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 team is set up for Kuzma to step up. He but. Something's going on with him. It's a mental thing at this point. Definitely mental. If I'm not mistaken, at the beginning of the year, the media hyped it up as a big three situation. With Brian, AD, and Kuzma, they hyped it up as a big three situation. It's set up for him to succeed. I think he's checked out, honestly. Mentally, he's checked out. Uh, He's looking elsewhere, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think it's more so uh, expectations, man. Um, now, and the, see, the thing with Kuzma is, I think it was, I believe it was the Christmas Day game against the Clippers where he dropped like 20-something, and he came he, he came out on fire. I mean, honestly, really after that, man, it, it was kind of a drop-off, man, especially with his uh, trainer coming out and saying what he said about Bron and – I, around that time is really when it started, and I think for him it's just, you know, Brandon Ingram made the All Star, the All Star game. So now it turns into, oh, Brandon Ingram's an All Star, and, and Kuzma is not producing. He's not stepping into that that third role like he was supposed to. He is supposed to feel 
And I think, man, his confidence is kind of shot by that, man. You know, especially being in L.A., man. L.A. is L.A. You know, the camera's always on you. They always going to scrutinize every little move that you do. And I think for him, mentally right now, he's not he's not in the place to where he's able to produce. At the end of the day, that's what kills me about the decisions made by Magic Johnson slash Rob Kalinka. Whenever you get a player that drafted that late that produces that well in the first season, you have one or two choices. Either you believe that he's going to continue that and you keep him for cheap because that's what he's worth based on his draft stock, or you trade him away as fool's gold for something way better. And I feel like not only did we have that opportunity to trade him away to New Orleans for AD for fool's gold and kept either Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball, which was Wap Palenka's fault, but when it comes back to Magic, he screwed up by giving away Ivesi Zubac, and not only Ivesi Zubac, but he gave away Morris Wagner. Yeah. Those, those two trades killed me when he made them because both of those guys were very active. Maury was a rookie at the time, but was still producing. And you can tell by the way that he played, he was coming up. Mm -hmm. But now he's stuck in Washington where it's basically no man's land because every time John Wall tries to come back, he just gets injured training again. And once Bradley Bill leaves, it's a wrap for Washington. And he's just stuck in the middle of that. And then uh, Zubac, was Zubas actually was producing very well for us, and he just up and traded him to the Clippers to scrap oh, yeah. for uh, Salah and Reggie Wright, and they're gone now. And I don't know if that was just him trying to get back at Wild Palenka and Mini Bus for stabbing him in the back, quote unquote. Yeah, but I have been. I honestly feel like we would have been so much better off had we had Zubac instead of giving him to the Clippers. Hey, and I, also I more. I agree, bro. Because first of all, Zubac he had he had a nickname. He was a fan favorite in LA. Zubac. He had the picture with the Tupac bandana. People loved him, bro. He was like a poor man's Mark Gasol, but he had all the potential. He could have been great, like with the. I think with this team we have right now, he can shine really well. Um, but I'm not of the opinion that if Brandon Ingram was was on this Laker roster, it would he would be doing the same thing. I think he needed that. He needed that escape to become who he was meant to be. Now Lonzo with this team, perfect. But I, in my opinion, I could be wrong. They made the right decision. But it don't look good because Kuzma is a producer. Kuzma should be like Robert Horry times fifty, like because he can do more than Horry. He, but he he should be that consistent. If he was Horry consistent, this would be a no brainer. Right, right. I I I agree, man, hundred percent. I just think right now, Kuzma, Kuzma is really trying to you know get back to 
not worrying about you know okay you know f- filling his role because no man every time Kuzma has has a bad game what what do you see from the media which is which is what I want to get into and get into our next point uh the, the the media has a way that they portray or they twist they can twist the story and it's just you know it went from Kuzma Kuzma trainer saying you know what he said about LeBron to there's friction with LeBron and Kuzma, and man, I, it just gets to a point to where it, it weighs on you, man, and it's mm-hmm. it, it creates a a divide because you know it's coming from Kuzma's trainer. So did Kuzma really say that about LeBron, or was it just you know him talking and 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 now I, I want to touch on the media, man. I mean, because you see it with KD, man, when K, KD last year in Golden State. You know, when he told the media he just want to talk strictly about basketball. I feel like it's only – you can only answer a question so many times until it starts to get under your skin, man. And, and I mean, what, what, what do you guys think, man, about the media? Do the media create a lot of the tension that we see, man, in the NBA, in locker rooms? For sure. And it, it, it this goes across the NBA, the NFL – regular nigga lives, like coronavirus stuff, like if it hits the TV and once it's broadcasted, bro, that's what people think. No matter if it's right, wrong, it don't matter, bro. So, yeah, man, the media controls a lot. I mean, every narrative that that you can think of, um, it's not always logical. Um, my biggest issue is that it's not consistent. It's, it's never consistent. So, uh, right now, like how, uh, like how M- MVP situation yes. is going. At at one point in time, LeBron got tarnished for being in the East, but now that LeBron's in the West, people are still trying to give Giannis the MVP, and that's based on the media. Mm. Another issue because of that is that the media is who votes count for the MVP, not the regular consensual vote. It's not our vote that counts. It's the media. Um, the thing that the reason that I can look past the media is because I've been hooping my whole life. I've played for teams, had countless teammates, and I know what emotions are like on the court when certain things are going and when they're not and how people interact and how people don't. So I my thing is that from the from the mind of somebody that's played for so long, I can look past the media, but I can't I can also understand how somebody that, that's just a regular viewer or fan can't see past the media and how mm. it would be an issue for them. Because that's basically what the media is built to do for anything like Mike said, from the news to sports. To, to basically everyday life. That's literally what they do is to bring up propaganda to make you question. Mm. Mm. Right, man. That's a that you know what? You know what? That's a good point. And another like like you said, I mean, man, we, we all done been in a situation to where, you know, we done been on the team, man, and you know, you 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 may hear about something per se and it's just like, I know this this not coming from this person, but at the same time, man, when you have uh, – another thing I want to talk about is these damn sources. Stephen A. Smith, for example, he got so many sources. I ain't never seen nobody with so many sources been wrong in my life. It's always my sources are telling me this. Like, 
I honestly believe, man, that sometimes these sources be fabricated to where it may be something that leak out, but it's not necessarily from a source. It's just like, okay, I'm just gonna go and run with this. Perfect example is um um uh, what's the guy's name? Jeff Okuda, man, the guy at the NFL Combine. Had a reporter came out and said, you know, you're you're you had a lot of you had a lot of um mistakes on the field, but it's like. If you watch his film, man, or if you just listen to anybody that's in the know, especially his coaches, he has the most complete game film out of anybody in in the draft. So it's just like a guy may have heard something from somebody just took it and ran with it, man. And that's what I mean by the media, man. You can't Mm – your job is is to be accurate with what you report. You know what I'm saying? So no, that's what we want. No, we want accuracy. But actually, though, the job is to be first. (laughs) Whether it's wrong or right, they want to be first with the information. Right, and that that that's the problem. It's it's not their job to be right. It's their job to make you question because it brings your eyes to it. But it's it's supposed to be their responsibility as journalists to bring true and factual information. And a lot of people are overlooking that these days. Mm, I, I, I agree. 100, I agree 100%, especially about the point with with them being first, because it's just like, man, you may hear some man and it's just like, what what what, what the hell is going on? Like, who is... Who done came out and said this? Like it's just, it's about being yeah. first. It's about getting the news out. It's about okay, let's boost our ratings by saying this. Just like with the whole, the narrative last year with, you know, Brandon Ingram and them being upset with LeBron. Now let me say this. That right there, it could have been true, but at the same time, with everybody reporting the same thing, it's like okay. Because it, it was some games last year that I really that I really questioned and I was more so along the lines of okay we all see what's going on, but it's like is it is it is this really is this really news? Are we really gonna sit here and say cause this has been LeBron's whole career, man, where mm-hmm. they've made roster moves to to, you know, Put around him, man, because his goal every year is to win a championship. I, I don't, I don't care what nobody say. They, they, they can say, they can say what they want about, you know, oh, uh, LeBron not in the rush to win. Like especially his first year in LA, whenever he came, they said, you know, it's a rebuilding process. You, you, you can't, you, you can't tell me his 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 first year when he signed that they was gonna go for a rebuild. Can't nobody, can't nobody tell me that. Just because, well, that's, like, that's, that's crazy. yeah, it's 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 LeBron James. He didn't he didn't come there to rebuild or be a part of a rebuild. He came there to win a chip. At the end of the day, that's that's every player's goal is to win a chip. Especially a player like LeBron that's in the final points of his career, and not only just being in the final grips of his career, but he's chasing Jordan. You know, so it's all about the rings at this point. Like, he's not, right. at this point, according to him, he's not even worried about this MVP award. He's worried about this championship. Mind y'all, if we win this championship this year, I'm probably going to cry like a big-ass baby because my man Kobe. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah. I, 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 to be honest, I appreciate everything LeBron is doing for us. His mentality that he's bringing to the team. As far as I've seen, we're we're the we're the best team in. Or as far as camaraderie goes, if you look at the Lakers Snapchat, they're always together. They're always interacting, and it's it's just great. And I love that Kobe, that LeBron could do something with Dwight that Kobe was unable to. Yes, that's my that's a good point. Biggest, um, that's one of my biggest. Uh, I don't want to say surprises, but I'm very proud. Like. To me, Dwight Howard is the perfect teammate this year. The perfect teammate on and off the court. I, I didn't think I was going to see that. And I'm very happy. That you know, he, he, he's gone through a long journey, I feel, and I think he's finally seen the light. I mean, he, he, can't, he became a dude that wanted to be that dude but didn't have the scoring ability to be that dude. And I think he came to grips with that. And I think that that's a – that's a big part of maturing as a professional athlete is once it, once your time is done to be able to do what you can do, you start to contribute to those other teams doing what you can do. Like Shannon Sharp, once he went to Denver and decided to do what he could do, he got a ring. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Right, facts. So yeah, I think uh, you know what, man, and, and I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up, B. That's that 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 that's a that's a great point, man. With especially with an Asian superstar, because it the whole thing, like I feel like with Carmelo Anthony, man, it was the reason he was at the NBA for as long as he was was because he still felt like he, he was, was that uh, dude. He thought he was still Melo. Yes, exactly. And it's like, In man, my opinion, he he still was to a certain. That's just me talking. I, 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 I like love Melo. In my opinion, he still had he still had twenty twenty five in him a game. He went to bad situations that did not highlight him. He wasted two or three years of his career. True. Now we can look back and say he's not the same Melo. But at that time, OKC and Houston, those are horrible, horrible situations. As opposed to another team like Miami, or if he would have went to. Uh, Portland the first time, like completely different situation. He could have been putting in 25. He's a, in my opinion, he's a victim of the media um, or or whatever it is behind politics, bro. He's a victim of that. Melo. Since we're speaking on Melo, let me say two things. One, Melo is definitely a victim of the media, but Melo is also a victim of his own ego. He had he had ample chances to leave New York. Had he gone to Chicago, they might have been in the finals that year and not Cleveland. Also, let me also say that he's also a victim of chance because Joe Dumont, I, I don't know if y'all know, but I'm also a Detroit Pistons fan. I'm from Detroit, and I'm very invested in the Pistons organization. Joe Dumars at the time had the chance to draft Carmelo Anthony, but instead he drafted a bust. <laughs> like, <laughs> now, if y'all know anything about Melo since the beginning of his career, he is the certified LeBron James ass busser. Pardon my French. But anytime he saw LeBron, he gave him problems. 
he's too fast and he's too big for LeBron to just throw his weight around on defense and stop him from getting to his spots and scoring. Mm. Combine that with the defense and the skill that Detroit had, and not only that, but the mentality. I personally feel that had Carmelo Anthony gone to the Detroit Pistons, he would be at least a two-time champion by now, and he would have a way different aspect about the game than what he did. Because players like Chauncey Billups and Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace not just going to let him run his mouth around them. It's a, it was about the team. But that's why I say that he's also a victim of chance. I agree with that. He also, if he was on that team, he would have extended the career of Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups. He would have gave them at least another three or four good years in NBA because they wouldn't have had that pressure. Exactly. That would have been the perfect situation. I think, you know, around that time, because of what they had and what they did in that time, you know, they felt like, okay, Tayshaun Prince or Melo, Let's just stick with what we got. Bad ideal, in my opinion. Uh, Darko Milicic, I don't That's know. That's his name. Terrible. Oh, uh, bust. Yeah, super bust, super bust. But, man, Melo on the, with the Detroit Pistons defense, that would have been nasty. And not only that, but it would have inspired Carmelo to know that you can't just play offense the whole time. This is a team that gets down and gritty and plays defense, and you're going to have to be a part of that. Right. I feel yeah. like we would have saw. Man, that would have. We would have saw Olympic mellow in the NBA. We would have saw hoodie mellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, hey, hoodie mellow forever a legend. Boy, he was hey, he be in the gym. He be in the gym eating, bro. Yes, sir. But yeah, man. I, yeah, like I said, like man, I, especially yeah, being a victim of chance, man. Like I, I'm, I'm more so the fact that Melo let his ego, man, mess up his career. Cause I say that because number one, he had a chance to go to go to situations to where he would have been able to win. But I think right. I think with Melo, he was so fixated on. Getting his touches, you know, getting being that number one scoring mm. option. That it's the same thing that I say that I I say about Russ, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook cannot be the number one option on a championship. I agree, team. and I still I still feel I still feel I like that to this day. Like he he can't be your your go to option if you're talking about winning a championship. I agree, but at that time, I think Melo could have been. But let me ask you this, Will. Uh, since you bring it up, bro, about his ego, is that is that what your eyes tell you, or are you a victim of the media yourself, man? Uh man, it's 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 more so, man. When whenever when I say about his ego, I, well, first and foremost, I mean the the man the man talk the man got on uh, when he was talking to Stephen and said the same shit, but I, it, it, it's more so of whenever because Melo Melo said he wanted to win, right? But then you right. signed that contract with New York, and and it's like, who the how the hell are you gonna win with New York? Who do you have now? Do you not see? You don't know what they promised him. I will him, bro. say they probably promised him that that New York situation the second time around 
to be honest, I feel like he stayed for Lala because she wanted to get her acting career off the ground. I think that had a big part to do with him re-signing to New York instead of going to Chicago like he was supposed to. Mm, that, that, that's that's a great that's a great point too. But like it's it's just man, I feel like I feel like with 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 Melo man, it's it's just like like okay, D said you know for his wife, which I can I can respect that, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, after that, man, because he got to a point where they they wanted him out of New York, man, and it's like it's, we all talking it, about New York, though. It, it's it's Miller, man. We talked about New York last time, man. They need to blow up that whole organization. They need to blow that. They need to blow that shit up from the owner all the way down. Keep 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 nah, Mitchell man. Robinson. Keep Alonzo Trier. Keep um keep young dude from Toronto that just got drafted. I can't remember his name right now. But keep those three and blow the rest of it sky high if they want any chance. Even Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> Man, they got they got four power fours, dog. Right, that's all I gotta say. They gave four power fours money, bro. So here's my here's my thing though. So we know how in NF- New York is. We know how horrible a red franchise they are. So, let me ask you, you don't think they set Melo down and they ain't promised him nothing for him to stay, bro? You think it was just the money and just la-la? I'm telling you, man, they promised him something. They said they were going to go out and get something for him. He's competitive, bro. He don't want to just sit down. I'm not going to lie. I, I think David Stern cursed New York from because I don't care what anybody says, I personally, after that Chris Paul situation, I personally believe with all my heart that that David Stern did rig that draft so that they could draft um, uh, Pat Patrick Ewing, and I think that ever since that happened, New York has been cursed because. I mean, and it's not even their fault back then. You're, y'all were in the Jordan era. It didn't matter. A- a- anybody Jordan saw, he was taken down once he got to the top. But ever since then, it, it's been the same thing over and over and over again. And I think that that's the curse that David Stern brought on them. Mm. Mm, that's a good point. See, I don't remember too much, but I do – um, just from like, you know, watching you know videos here and there, I, I get the rumbling that there was a lot of controversy about the Pat draft. And if that's true, man, that that makes a whole lot of sense. I'm in with the curse. Let me let me let me remind you a little bit. So what the what they say is that they froze that particular envelope in the lottery pick, so that uh, now. We all know if I if we all put our hands in a big thing of envelopes and one of them is frozen or cold and the other ones are room temp, we know exactly what envelope we're picking up, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And it's one of those things where New York wasn't that bad off to where like you know, those situ like last year, the Lakers had maybe uh what uh a fifteen percent chance of getting the first pick, and that's a that's about yeah. where New York was. 
But somehow the planets aligned despite all that, and they got the first pick. Speaking of that, if the Warriors get that first or second pick, they might be right back on top. Mm. I'm gonna tell you. I won't tell you. They don't even need the pick. They can trade the pick away because once we see Steph is Steph. Steph came back and immediately changed how that sorry team plays right now. Steph is Steph, man. And once Clay comes back, Clay is Clay, and that plus Draymond is gonna get you right back in the conversation. Hey man, look. Hold on, man. Look, look. I don't mean to cut you off. Damn all that. When Draymond called Kevin Durant a bitch, man, I would trade that motherfucker, dog. Look, you ain't even fuck up my dynasty, man. I'm not losing KD for you, but at the same time, KD is a very emotional player. He could have left at any point in time just because he felt a certain type of way. And when he left, he even said that he personally felt like Golden State and the fans never really accepted him like they accepted Steph and Clay and Dre, but that's something that you have to understand that they were drafted to this team. That's like saying that they're never going to accept Chris Paul like they accepted you and Russ because y'all were drafted to OKC. You know, that is just what that is. But yeah, it's the, it's the stepchild of it. But. Like, they love you the same, but you don't feel like they don't because you're not. Exactly. Like, but let me ask all this, though. If if they do decide to trade that pick, who do y'all think they're going for? Ooh, Ooh, shit, that's hard. I can tell y'all exactly who they're going for. Who Greek freak. I did about to say, if it, ain't, if it ain't Giannis, I ain't trading it. And if it's Giannis, the Warriors. We'll win the next one, two, three, four, five championships if healthy. And that's the thing. If they don't and they decide to keep that pick, whether it's one or two, it's screwed because they got one or two choices. Either they're drafting old boy from Memphis or they're drafting LaMelo Ball. Wiseman. And it's a problem either way. It's likely Wiseman. It's likely Wiseman. You're not bringing LaMelo Ball in. I don't see that working with Clay and Steph. I don't, I Here's the beauty of it. Think about who brings the ball up most often. It's not Steph. It's not Clay. It's Draymond or it's KD. You put LaMelo in that spot and let him learn and operate with Clay and Steph sitting there around the three-point line, attracting the attention that they do because you can't leave them. You, it, right. It's a problem. A, a kid that has that scoring ability and that type of playmaking ability with two of the best shooters of all time, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. All right, so skill-wise, we know it's a problem. But it, do you really think he's ready for that? For that kind of stuff? Let me put it this way, and this is, why, I, this is why I think he's going to be the number one pick no matter what. Every single team in the NCAA could go to that Australia League, and I guarantee they would be in the bottom half of all those seeds. Now, LaMelo's team was also one of the worst teams in that league, but LaMelo himself was a 17-, 18-year-old kid dropping triple-doubles on grown-ass men. Easily. Mm. 
I, and, and now that I see somebody like John Morant doing the stuff that he's doing, I have no doubt in my mind that Le, by the middle of LaMelo's first year, he's going to be somebody. So it's clear cut. Mellow ball over Wiseman for Memphis. Clear cut. No, 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 no. Sense. Well, no. Well, me personally, but that's me based on the team. Golden State has the beauty of they're so good with their schemes and their talent and the way that they get free agents that they can use Wiseman because that's the one thing that Golden State never, ever had was a dominant man in the paint. And if you combine that with what Steph and Clay can do and Draymond's playmaking ability, that's also a problem. So with Golden State, I feel they can go either way, and they'll definitely be back at least no lower than the fifth seed next year. So y'all, 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 y'all ready for the return of a? Uh... Of, of Daddy Ball, man, y'all ready for Lavar to come back? Because that's what's going to happen. Well, I, don't, I don't think that as well. Because above anybody, I think that Lamelo listens to his brother Lonzo above Lavar and anybody else. And Lonzo has told Lamelo time and time again after this whole situation that you have to be your own man about this. And I, I personally think that Lamelo looks up to him more than anybody else. So I think that that's that's the factor that's going to keep Levar out of this. Mm, okay, I, I want to see it. I want to see a mature NBA ready Lamelo Ball, a focused Lamelo Ball. Hold on, my fault. I, I got sidetracked. Murray dunked on somebody real nasty. Sorry, I'm watching highlights at the same time, but. I want to see a focused mellow ball. And if you, if you see that, I agree with you. It's going to be a problem. If I had to put my money on it right now, I'm not in. I, I could vouch for I understand where you're coming from. Man. If I'm look, an NBA franchise owner. Man, look. I'm going to say what everybody else don't want to say. The media, the media tried to destroy LeVar Ball. Because he was a he was an active he was an active black father, bro. I don't care nobody tell me, dog. That man was about to crazy, bro. I, I, mean, I mean, okay, okay, like this is my thing, bro. This is my thing right here. He dog, he know damn well Lonzo wasn't better than no damn Stephen Curry. But here's my thing right here, right? If somebody asks me a question and say, Hey, two years from now, who you taking, your son or Steph Curry, bro? Of course I'm gonna say my son. Like I, I, I don't get this notion of like they, they like they want and they kept the crazy thing is they kept ha- asking him the same question like the answer was gonna change. So then it turned into, oh, so you saying that your son is better than he was like, why not? He bigger, he stronger, and he faster, bro. They okay. took a whole narrative. Now and try to bury this man, dog. Now I understand where you're coming from, and it's part the media's fault, but it's also part Lavar's fault because all the media had to do was bring him in front of a camera, and he was gonna show out. You see, Daddy Holiday or Daddy Antetokounmpo saying this, saying the type of stuff that they do. Matter of fact, 
we don't know what Daddy Holiday nor Daddy Antetokounmpo looks like, right? But yet they both I didn't have, know they had a daddy. They both have three sons in the NBA, and you won't hear not a peep from them because those are their sons' careers. They're not theirs. LeVar was speaking from a point of endearment, but also speaking from a point of increasing his brand himself, which was big baller brand. Mm. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. That, see, that right there, see, I'm under thinking of, at the same, like, he was trying to build his brand, but okay, this this is what killed me. I'm going to tell you what killed me right here. When the ZOs dropped, right? Yeah. $500. Man, $500? Man, I ain't even spent no $500. But, he, but, but, but here's my thing right here. This man took a brand. His kids, they have their own brand, their own shoe. Can't nobody in the NBA say that, bro. But we're going to chastise because the shoe's $500. Bro, people spend $1,000 on Jordans. So, what, right. so, so, Will, what's the difference between those ZO2s and those Jordans? Lonzo himself changed out of those shoes. And as soon as he put on... Some Nikes, he started balling. I remember the game he did it. Yeah, man. Yeah. He started wearing them purple Nikes. Them yeah, t- but I mean, <laughs> now I will say they they may they may have been some shitty shoes. I'm, I'm gonna keep it a hundred. They may have been some <laughs> shitty shoes. But what I'm saying is, it, it's the it's the lack of support that had me like. Baffled, oh, it's like, a deeper issue you bringing out now, Will. I bro, like that. It, it, it was it was. It was the lack of support that he received for building his own brand. Everybody That's was laughing, but people didn't have a mental capacity to say, damn, what he doing is groundbreaking. He laid the foundation. So well, let's let's just say, D, your son, your son become the best, the best hooper. The, let's just say the best hooper in the United States, right? LeVar Ball laid the foundation for you to go and say, you know what? My son is so good. He's already marketable. Why I'm going to sign with Nike and all this stuff to have, they they can control his destiny when he can control his own. He laid the foundation. Imagine somebody like LeBron did that, bro. It's LeBron James. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I love that of LeVar. But here's the thing. Just like LeVar... I never made it to the league. I made it to college, and that was it. So I can only train my son so far up. At that point, I have to give him up to more experienced trainers and coaches. At that point, I personally don't feel like I can try and boost my son from that. He has to learn some of that stuff he has to take on his own and make his own decisions as a man. I can't. I can't vouch for him once I get him to a certain point because it can only be so far. LeVar went to college and averaged two points a game. You know what I'm saying? He, he at, at, at some point, you have to stop and just propel them and be the man behind the scenes. You, all you ended up doing was putting a target on your son's back. You could spend Big Baller Brand on YouTube – and overtime sports, 
and all that. But when it came to the NBA, that's when you were supposed to take your step back. But he decided not to. And now, because of that, we see what happened to Big Baller Brand. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I mean, I, I'm, I look at it like it was a setback, but I, I just don't like when, especially our people, like, don't do. tear the man down, bro. Like, we already have a stigma. We already have a stigma to where it's like we not we not present enough in our kids' lives, bro. But like he he is present, but now is he's overly present. Like I mean, not I agree. at some point, it's not accustomed. Nobody knows how to react to that. That's right. I agree on that. Back. But at the same time, it gets to a certain point, like. So, y'all don't know this, but after I finish my degree, I'm going to law school. Once I become a lawyer, my dad can't tell me how to do certain things in the court or certain things with contracts because you're not, you didn't get to the point that I've gotten to. This is a brand new landscape for our entire family. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. there there are certain things that you can't tell me about because I'm at a point that you're not, and I know certain things and have seen certain things that you haven't. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm all for the support, but there's a certain point in time where you have to – the whole point of me as being a father is to breed my son up to the point to where he can become a man. Once he becomes a man, he's a man, and I'm a man. I can't dictate what he does or how he feels about certain things as a man. I have to let it fly, and that's what LeVar was not doing. And the only reason it even failed was because of the type of person Lonzo is. He's a quiet guy. He lets his game speak mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that man, yeah, you, know, you know what? I don't disagree, disagree with nothing you just said. I feel like LeVar Ball should have took a step back. But for me, from what from where I was sitting, me looking looking at it, even seeing through the, the method to the madness, he he loved he loved all all three of his boys. It ain't a yeah. doubt in my mind. Can't Good nobody death. say LeVar Ball don't love his kids. And I love that he about loved- him. <laughs> Does he love his son? But he loved every single one of them players that played for his team. Lavar was con- Lavar was known to cook them huge breakfasts, breakfasts and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Just because that was the type of figure he was in these kids' lives. He he constantly had huge training sessions. It wasn't just Lavar, Leangelo, and Lamelo. It was all the boys in the neighborhood running them hills. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I love yeah. about him. But there are certain things that I don't love about him, and one of them is his mouth. <laughs> and that's right. Um, but we were talking about media. The media is going to spin the most negative of all his qualities. You're not going to hear about the breakfasts. You're not going to hear about what he did for Chino here and the other boys. You're not going to hear it. And there are certain things where he he's overstepping his boundaries. Like when he pulled Leangelo out of UCLA f- for a mistake that he made, what you were supposed to do was tell him that you're a man now 
and you have to face your you have to face your mistakes head on. That's what being a black man in America is because there's no other option for us. We have to get better by our own means. There that that crab in a bucket mentality has to go. But the only way that happens is for us as men to breed these younger generations to become their own people. You know? Hey, hey, man, hey, this, this, this right here, this right here is good, man. Um, I, 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 I agree fully, man. It's about raising men and, you know, um, I just think, I think for the most part, I mean, as a, as a, as a dad, man, like, no matter how old your your kids get, I mean, bro, I mean, me, bro, I mean, I'm I'm 27, and like, my dad, my dad knows the kind of man that he raised, but at the same time, my dad is still, he still feels that he's the protector. Like, if I can call my dad about something, he'll be like, "All right, son, let me, let me whoop do do whoop." Like, exactly. and, and that's just how it is, man. Like. Like, you know, everybody have their own experiences, but I think at the end of the day, you want your kid to have everything you didn't have. You want to be that person to where you want, you know what I mean? You, your kids can always come to you and say, hey, dad, this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that for with the the main thing that I respect about LeVar Ball is he openly talks about how he feel about his kids and not not a lot of people can do that, man. Honestly, it's just like exactly, you know, especially, especially with 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 boys, it's a stigma that you know dads don't sit around you know talk about how much they love they they sons. But with Lavar, it's like you know I love my kids and I, I'm willing to do anything to help to help my kids. And oh, I, I think I just got a segue in my head. Go ahead, bro. Um, no, nah, you good, man. And it's you know I I I I pass it off to you, man. And I'm gonna leave it at this. I think I think Levar Levar Ball is is good for his kids, even though the media try to make it seem like they better off without him, bro. I'm gonna leave it at that, right? And my, before you before you make that segue, I just got one more thing to say about that. It's yeah. as a father, and not a lot of men. Not every man, especially every black man, possesses this, and that's what the problem is, is that they don't possess inherent love for their kid, you know? Ooh. And uh-huh. and I I have and I, I have that. I every day I'm at work, all I can think about is how quick I want to get back to my family so I can see my son. And I feel like even though I feel like I put a target on his back because of his name. I'm going to breed him to be mentally tough, and not only that, but to be skillful and to fall in love with his work ethic if he so chooses that he wants to play ball, which I think he will because his favorite toy now is a little Nike basketball that I bought him from the Nike store. And every time I dribble that ball in front of him, he laughs with so much passion and glee that – in my heart of hearts, I feel like that's what he's going to want to do once he gets older. Not just because of the name that I gave him and the target I put on his back with 
having the name Kyrie, but just because of that's what he's going to want to love to do. And if he so chooses to or not, I'm going to support him no matter where he goes with that. But at the same time, I know that there's going to be a certain point in time where I'm going to have to step back and put him in the hands of other people. Like if he so chooses and gets a scholarship to go to college, I'm going to have to let him go and put him in the hands of those coaches and that training staff, you know. And that's mm-hmm. what LeVar failed at because he didn't choose to do so. When he pulled mm-hmm. Leangelo out of that school, it was the worst decision for him. That kid should have spent his four years at UCLA, developed mm-hmm. himself as a player, and I guarantee he would have been playing for an NBA team right now instead of fighting for a 10-day contract in the G League. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Good point, good point, good point. So, so I, I love it. I love all of that. I love all of that, especially when we're talking about us as black men being there for our for our uh, for our kids. In this case, especially our sons, raising them to be the men that they were meant to be, raising them to chase their passions, like you you uh, exemplified with your son. Um, him loving basketball at this early age. Now, my question is, why why does it stop there? Why why doesn't why why doesn't that expand when we're talking about people like Dwayne Wade in his situation with his son? Mm. Why why does the love stop there? Why does the conversation not continue? Mm, that, I, I think. I- think that that the main issue with Dwayne Wade's situation is that societal norms from the past going on to this dictate people use that to dictate what people should be doing with their kids me personally I love what Dwayne Wade is doing for his kids even his youngest son because it's not about Dick, it's not about putting your son in a mold to be what you want him to be. In this mm-hmm. world, you have to be what you want to be to in order to find true happiness. And the fact right. that he accepts him for that and loves him no matter what is the best thing that a, not just a father but a black father can do for their kids. I agree. What you think, Will? Mm, man, uh, well, you know, Mike, we, we kind of talked about this uh here, here's here's my here's my whole thing with the whole Dwayne Wade situation. As everybody knows, Dwayne Wade is my favorite player. What what I see when I see D Wade and what he's doing for his son, I commend it because for one, see my whole this is my issue with a lot of people. A lot of people can log on and talk shit like it ain't right, it ain't this, it ain't that. If you if you really if you really do your research and listen to Dwayne Wade talk about it. He had to educate himself first about what was going on. This was he just didn't wake up and say, "Okay, this is what I gotta do." I, I'm 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 pretty sure for Dwayne Wade is hard just because. Okay, being being a, a heterosexual male, of course, if you have a son, you want your son to be heterosexual. Like that, that, that's that's no secret. That's that's anybody. But at the same time, man, it, it's certain situations, and then it's where even like I said, even what I told Mike. I said, 
what if it's a point to where my kid come to me and say, "Hey, Dad, you know, you with you with mommy, but I I seen." I seen two two grown men holding hands and kissing. Like I, I have to explain that to my son. Like it's not something you should hate. It's just so, society now is more open to where you see a lot of it. So it's it's like not necessarily for me. It's just like okay, son, you see that, and it's just I mean, like for me, I still have trouble even contemplating what I say just because right. I'm old enough to know like okay well you know that's that is that's that's what it is like I, I have no qualms with it but then it comes down to where I have to explain like I have to go into detail about what this is and what's going on and like for Dwayne Wade to sit up there and say that he's still learning about it and he more accepting bro I salute him bro because I, I couldn't imagine myself in that situation, like, just because it's, like, you're going to get asked consistently, like, how do you deal with it? Or you're gonna, you always going to have somebody that has something negative to say, and it's, like, I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine being under that spotlight, which is why I applaud him for what he's doing, man, because can't nobody say if they was in that situation what they'll do because everybody's different. But I think that that for what he's doing as men, especially black men, where we should applaud him because we have so much negativity. It's like, why are we not saluting this man for standing behind, for standing behind what his son want to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's the thing that everybody missed. Like, it's not about what D-Wade wanted him to be. It's not about what his mom wanted. It's about what he wants to be and what he wants to identify as. And I think you, you know, you know what that is, Will. The the common denominator for that at the end of the day is love. It's it's about Dwayne Wade loves his son enough to accept him for what he is. He loves him enough so that he decided to educate himself to work through his issues that he learned as growing up. Like mm-hmm. I. I personally feel that, like, racism and things like that, it it just won't die out until the next one or two generations die with that because that's what they were bred to believe. It's it's hard to change somebody from how they grew up, you know, Mm -hmm. and – but love is one of those things that overrides those beliefs that you have. If you have enough love for somebody to accept them for who they are, it will definitely override your beliefs because you won't care at that point. And that's exactly what Dwayne Wade is doing. So so are you saying that the outrage that comes from um Dwayne Wade and his family it is it's more so the uh, the absence of love because we're not accustomed to it, it's seeing it magnified at that level or is it or is it just us vilifying things that we're uncomfortable with or is it saying that it's an absence of love but it's not true love it it, we all know that in black families not even just black families but asian families mexican families etc 
there are certain things that you can't do because you will be shunned by the family. Love, mm. true love, true love overrides that. With with like when Boosie went out and said all that stuff that he said about the situation, and then you see how Boosie interacts with his kids, you can tell that you love your kids, but to a certain degree, that love isn't true love is what it's supposed to be because you see your sons a certain way and you can't see them another way. Mm. That's conditional, huh? Oh, that, that's, a, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good point, man. Um, me, me personally, I think that vi- people, vi- people uh, villainize stuff that they don't understand. And, I, and what I mean when I say that is, it, it, it's, it's some people that can't even even with Magic Johnson, and his son. Like it's just people that can't understand it. But uh, like my whole thing is, you you can't understand it because you're not trying to understand it because it's just like ah that shit not right. Like I'm gonna give you an example when people say, well in the Bible it says, bro, everybody didn't have sex out of wedlock, bro. People lie. It, it, it's like you can't. You can't pick and choose what you want to apply and when you want to apply. Like exactly, I I, I feel like a lot of that stuff, man, is just like people will pick anything to support their argument, but it's like you're you're wrong. You can't you can't say this, but then on the other hand, you're doing this. Like I think mm. I think for for him, I don't think that. People should try to understand, you know, understand like, okay, he doing this because of this. I think it's just like to me, it's beautiful to see because he's standing behind it and he's loud about it. Like it, it, it may be a lot of people that stand behind something, but they necessarily not loud about it. He's loud and he's proud about it. Like, and well, and to me, to me, I I salute him, man, because like that that takes that it takes for him a lot of understanding and like and like D said. His love, his love for his son overrides anything. So it's just mm-hmm. like this: what it is, and this how we gonna rock. So man, exactly. And and I don't want and I don't want to be biblical, but just going off of what you were saying previously, is 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 certain things like you can't you can't abide by everything that the Bible says for one for. For one, as black people, the Bible was used to, for black people, our ancestors to accept that we were being enslaved and that one day Jesus was going to bring us out of that. And as the other, the opposite side of the race, of the human race, i.e. Caucasians, you can't believe certain things in the Bible, but then not look through the Bible, see the strife and struggles of the true Israelites. And not believe that those are black people in America. Right. Mm. Right. Completely right. I mean, and if, if you just go, you can go through right now, random flip, and you're going to see where you're not supposed to eat meat. You, you can go through and you can see where you're not supposed to do X, Y, Z. You're right, Will, like people pick and choose their argument uh, when they're um, using the Bible um, as support. And, it's a completely, completely blasphemous. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's 100, 100%. One, one, it's the Bible. It's basic instructions before leaving Earth. 
not only that, but the Bible glorifies two men that, well, I'm not even going to say two men, but one man and one deity that never wrote a single book inside that Bible. So how mm-hmm. far does that believing of it goes? You know what I'm yeah. saying? How far can it really go? Also, and I know I that... Add, I want to add, and I, this may not be factual, but given the time frame and knowing what I know about people during that time frame, whoever came up with the stories, bro, I'm telling you, they were homosexual. It's a fact. <laughs> Eat them. It, it, Jesus literally burnt down two towns, according to the Bible. Or God literally set fire to two towns because men acted in certain ways. Now, and people people abide by that to the T, but people will never abide by no masturbation. People will never abide by having sex out of wedlock. People will never abide by... It's also things in the Bible about women and children being heard and not seen and stuff like that. So if you're going to believe it, believe everything. And if you're not going to believe it, then educate yourself and think about how. Because the craziest thing above that is that people say that the golden rule about that Bible is treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. But there's literally nothing in that book that describes that per se. Right. And the the only other thing I want to add and to bring context, like, we don't live with the same legal, like, we don't have the same laws as 100 years ago. Like, things change. Things get amended. Like, that, those stories was wrote for those people at that time, right? Like, the mm-hmm. world evolves. The world changes. Our perception of the world changes. Like, um, especially with technology and media. I'm saying it again. Like, everything's different. You cannot use old laws to govern this new world, in my opinion. You can't do it. It's not going to work. Oh, yeah, man. Like, that's like, man, you know, every, everything evolves, man. Like, at one point, man, giraffes didn't have long necks, man. You, you, it, man, it's about evolving, man. You got to you, you have you have to change, man. Like, let's just look at basketball, dog. Basketball used to be what? Most centers used to be back to the basket. Now you got center shooting threes, bro. Like it's it's a it's, it's an evolution, man. Like nothing right. nothing stays the same. You have people that want to hold on to how it used to be, but it, it's just a fact, man. Like stuff changes, man. And you gotta you gotta be flexible enough to to adjust. I mean, uh, right. and, and and it may be a lot of stuff you're not comfortable with, man. Like I mean, motherfuckers had typewriters, dog. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't. <laughs> You know what I mean? They wasn't comfortable when computers came out, but hell, you, you gotta adjust at some point. So I mean, um, right, right, right. I, I think that man, honestly, a lot of it is just like, like D said, man. You have to, if you're gonna live by something, live by it. If not, educate yourself enough to where you don't sound ignorant when you're talking about it. Yeah, powerful point. Sorry. You know, it's about being, it's about being, especially as black people, we have to be people of reason. It it, it can't, it's, it's no longer about being angry about certain things, because as we've seen throughout history, that doesn't get us anywhere. If you, it's like, if you see somebody being racist, especially if they don't understand it, 
instead of being angry about it, you should do your best to explain to them what, why they're doing is racist. You know, it's not, it's not just about, it's not just a witch hunt anymore. And that's what the problem with like this new age of feminism is. It's, it's not only witch hunting things that you don't like, but it's not worrying about other things. When you're not worried about other people's strife, the other people aren't going to worry about your strife, and you're not going to get anywhere. Mm, man, man, hey, he he, he done touched on feminism, man. Look, that's going to be for the next one, man, because I I got a lot to say about that type of shit right there, dog. I it's been it's been a long time coming for me, man. Like uh, I'm pretty sure my wife want to hear hear this, bro. Cause let me tell you something, dog. I see. I, you know what? I, I'm gonna say this. If you look at what's going on with Johnny Depp, when Amber heard or whatever the hell her name oh, is, man, and said he did all this, yeah. man, and it turns out she lied and cut this motherfucker finger off, bro. The apology one that's loud is a disrespect, bro. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave it at that, dog. Straight up. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about that. But um, I um, the last topic I want to talk about because I want to touch on this because because D brought it up and it was real good. What the what the Brooklyn Nets gonna do next year, dog? When everybody healthy, what 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 they gonna do, man? They they gonna take over the East? I mean, me personally, I they're gonna be. I think Milwaukee man got to run for their money, man. They're gonna be exciting. That's the extent. They're going to be very exciting. It's Kyrie Irving. It's Kevin Durant. People who are professional bucket getters. But they have a lot surrounding their team. Well, a lot of questions. A lot of uncertainty. They just fired a coach. Kyrie Irving comes out and says, we're going to have to make changes. Like six, seven, eight roster spots kind of changes. Like, where's the depth? How are you going to do this? Where's the money coming from? All these big contracts. What are you going to do with players like uh, uh, what's the big guy, uh, Allen? What you going to do with players like Jared Allen? Well, I'll tell you this. I pers- if, I'm, if I'm the Nets front office, I'm in a very good position because I have players that teams want. I have Karis LeVert. I have Spencer Dinwiddie. I have Jared Allen, but personally, I'm not letting Jared Allen go anywhere anywhere but because of the fact that they have those great talents that they have but the fact that the talents that are coming in is going to diminish them they could easily trade off players like if i'm brooklyn i'm trying to trying to talk to phoenix i'm trying to get somebody like frank kamitsky or i'm trying to get somebody like even if i could get them like kelly Oubre jr <laughs> oh man! Frank, how you gonna make that deal happen? And, and, and don't tell me you gonna trade Karis Levert away. Don't tell me you'll do that. That's the thing. When you have players like Karis Levert that are up and coming stars and are wanting to have, wanting to be in those positions of being the person that needs to get that bucket. Yes. How long do you expect players like him and Spencer Dinwiddie to just idly sit by in Brooklyn as Kyrie and KD shoot 20 to 30 shots per night 
with um not and not even just that, you still got DeAndre Jordan. He's gonna have to get his shine too. Right. It I can't expect him to try and just sit there idly by because and what I mean by that is by the time their contracts go up, yeah. there's ample chance that they're just gonna leave anyway. Let them and that's like a Russell Westbrook situation. You need to get rid of them first beforehand and get all the work that you can back before they just leave and you're just stuck ass out. Because at that point now you're stuck with now you're at that position where Kyrie's talking about where we need to make six or seven roster changes, but y'all don't have the moves to make the y'all don't have the people to make the moves right. that y'all need to get those returns back to get what they want or need as you. the star player. I hear you. Don't get me wrong, I hear you. But one reason I don't trade trade away bucket getters like Karen is because you as a like well, Brooklyn Net fans, anybody who's listening that's a Brooklyn Net fan, you have to admit that you don't know what you're gonna get. You can't tell me you expect Kyrie Irving to be healthy a full season. You can't tell me you are the or get oh hell bent on believing that Kevin Durant is gonna come back from an Achilles and be Kevin Durant. He's gonna be a lesser form. You need that. You need Kevin LeVert to go get you some buckets. Because it's gonna be 20, 30 games where where Kyrie ain't playing. And and I agree, but that when you say somebody like Kevin Durant, who's almost considered maybe the greatest scorer of all time, besides like a Michael Jordan, even him with an Achilles injury is still a pretty lethal player. Oh, no, and as him being that lethal player with his mindset, he's still going to expect that he's getting his fifteen to twenty-five shots a night. You know? Oh yeah, I get it. And it's, to shoot KD. But he still got to run. Yeah, he does. And but it's 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 more about where my players that are that came before that mindsets are because you have to realize that with KD and Kyrie coming, those guys go from being what made the team run to being second fiddles now. It's like it's like Dion Waiters in Cleveland before Kyrie and LeBron came. As soon as they came. He didn't have that spot on the team no more, and he instantly found himself bouncing around the league. Mm-hmm. Now, do you let do you let those guys go for free, or do you trade them away before they decide to leave and actually get something worthwhile back, like a decent draft pick or a decent solid player that can fit around them? Hey, I'm all for the decent solid player, but it ain't Frank Kaminsky. I'm gonna tell you that, bro. It ain't Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> But I'm all for it, bro. <laughs> but they in a tough position. They in a tough position. What's up? See, but even with Frank Kaminsky, he's he's Frank Kaminsky is not gonna be your lead bucket getter, and that's why he didn't. That's why he didn't meet achievements in Charlotte because that's what he got drafted for. He's he's just not that. He's a very skillful big man. He can shoot the rock. He can even put the ball on the floor, but. He's not your number one man. And even when he went to Phoenix, when you got guys like Kelly Oubre Jr. becoming the person that he is, he still doesn't. And then you have DeAndre Ayton coming back, which is basically Frank Kaminsky's spot to begin with. You're not, he's not going to get that there. But if you put him in a position to where he has 
actual leaders on the team and he has a set role, yes. you can rely on a guy like Frank Kaminsky to do what he needs to do. And I believe that he could be a solid, say, 15-8 and eight player uh, a, a, a night. Uh, that's nasty. So, so like, you see it around the league, players like Kelly, Kelly Olin in Miami. It works. He fits the role. He's consistent. It works. I just, I just don't know what I'm getting out of Frank. This ain't Wisconsin. It ain't happening. I don't see it. But there are players around the league who, who, who fit the Brooklyn team, um, who fit a role um, if they had to make the the changes. So I agree with you. Man, fuck it, man. Give me, give, um, give me Brad Bill, dog. Fuck it. Give me Brad Bill, dog. Brad Bill on what? Hey, on, man, on Brooklyn? Look, hey. Hey, we hey we running it, we running the gunning, baby. Give me Brad Bill, dog. Yeah, hey, listen. I I don't think I don't think they have the money for Brad Bill between DeAndre Jordan, Kyrie, and KD. I don't I don't Man. think they can pull it to be honest. But it would it would it would be nice to see. But they gonna have it, it's one of those things too where Brad doesn't have to play with the ball. But as we've been seeing. As of recent, he plays a lot better with the ball. Exactly. So I don't really see where he fits in on that Brooklyn team. I see him more so playing for maybe a Chicago because I believe Zach Levine's leaving as soon as he possibly can. Mm. Um, maybe, uh, maybe a, yeah. maybe a, not even a Portland because that's too ball heavy. He, but he could fit with Portland because of the way that they actually move the ball around with their dominant ball handlers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't see Brooklyn for that because of the fact that you have Kyrie and KD. Between those two alone, they gonna have issues about who's gonna get the ball in certain moments because they're both gonna want. Perfect it. point. And I'm gonna do you one better because you have Kyrie Irving. You can't put a lot of stars in there. You just can't do it. The media tells me he's a he's a locker room. Kid. The media tells me he's a coach killer. <laughs> the media tells me he's hard to get along with. Oh man! How, how does that work with a player like Brad Bill? Because let's be honest, Brad Bill with John Wall, we look at them when, even when they're healthy, and you question, do they actually like each other? Dude, does that work? And, and 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 you add a player like Kyrie Irving and then Kevin Durant, that's never gonna work. Yeah, especially when he's been getting as many touches as he's been getting right. and producing the way that he's producing, he's and you're just going to bring him to a team where he has to literally cut that in half, if not by a third or a fourth. Right. It, I, I just, I just don't see it. I, I honestly don't. Now, as a Laker fan, I'll take Brad Bill. I'll, I'll give you what you want for Brad Bill. <laughs> I want Brad Bill bad, but more than I want Brad Bill, I want Zach Levine. I like Zach. I'll take any any one of the two. Any one of those two, I, yeah. the deal is ready. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and we tried to get Derrick Rose, but Detroit not letting him go, and I understand. I don't. I don't. I didn't really. I think we gave up what uh, we we was gonna give up Caruso and some picks or something. Yeah, and I and I don't want to give up Caruso for nobody. To be honest, like it'll it'll have to be a sweet deal for us to give up.
Caruso and me to honestly feel happy about it. If anything, that's where Magic screwed up because we could have gave Zubox and Morris Wagner for that for him, you right, know? Right, right, right. And um, not to lose uh, focus here, uh, Will, you asked the question, next year, what do you see from from Brooklyn? You said that you think Milwaukee has a run for their money. Most definitely. Um, even when healthy, and let's just assume they make the right trade, they make the right uh, free agency moves, draft. Let's assume Brooklyn does a great job. Everybody comes back healthy. I still think they're sitting at best number three because it's a team with a young leader that's emerging in Jason Tatum in Boston, and that that's no joke. That kid is no. That kid is a problem. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, he uh, he 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 a legit bucket getter, dog. He be he be busting ass. That that man is Kobe incarnate. Yes. He he he's a problem. And between him and Jalen Brown, if they can keep that core and build around them, Boston might be somebody. But at this point in time, even with that. I don't see them beating a Milwaukee in seven games mm. because just because they don't have the all-around talent. To first off, to to stop somebody like Giannis, you need great defensive players. And Marcus Smart is my man. I grew up with him and I love him to death. But you're not gonna stop Giannis on the Cooper. History says you don't have to. When we're talking about superstars, we know you cannot truly stop a true superstar, but you take the pieces around him, and if you look at it, it's easier to stop a Chris Middleton. It's easy to stop a, well, I ain't even going to say Bledsoe, because Bledsoe take yourself out of games. <laughs> Matthew, take yourself out of games. But it's, aside from them, it's easy to focus in, oh, let me, let me take these touches away from Brooke Lopez. Let me close out on Middleton. And, and then make Giannis now, show me something. That's what I feel like is going to be Brooklyn's problem because as the Lopez brothers get older, it's going to be harder and harder for them to keep that same type of flow around the ball. As far as Chris Middleton goes, that man is a problem himself. And you really have to decide between him and Giannis. And – the the thing about Giannis is you have to have a sound inside defense defensive core to really even present a problem to Giannis. If you don't have that strong inside defense, he's just going to eat you alive the whole game no matter what you right. do. The only reason Toronto got by them was because they had Kawhi. Right. And he he's an instant lock on anybody. Besides maybe LeBron, and at one point he he and even then he gives LeBron a lot of problems. But somebody like Chris Middleton, you're not going to just easily lock that man down. He he can easily give you 25 a night without trying, an efficient 25 at that, shooting the ball. So I don't see Boston having that, but I do see Brooklyn having that. But in order to beat Milwaukee soundly, you're also going to have to put the ball in the hole, which I feel like they can have. It just depends on how they run their offensive schemes. Man, you know what, man? I, I, I'll i say this. The, the East is going to be real interesting next year, man, especially 
what's gonna go down in these playoffs, man. Because um, I, I'm looking at the Miami Heat, man. That's that's my sleeper team, man. Them motherfuckers be balling. Oh, don't do they that. Be, yeah, they be balling, man. They cold. Shout out to Tyler Hero. I like Tyler. I like I like Hero. He can shoot that thing. Duncan Robinson can shoot that thing. I like those teams. Man, them cats are them cats are some dogs out there. Justice Winslow doing his thing. He, he, he um, traded. He traded. Yeah, they did just trade him. Uh, he was doing his thing, but hopefully he he finds a better spot for him now that he got moved on. Um, I think I, I think Butler's gonna stay for the long haul. He's gonna try and lead that team to the best of his ability. Mm. And what I love about that team that fits with Butler is that they, those players have. There are some dogs on that team. They're not just Merriweather like they were in Minnesota, to where he could say something and they were getting their feelings about it. Like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, Josh, Josh, they—they're all—they all all got that dog in them, and I think Butler can push them to be something further. I think Butler is a perfect fit for that team. I think they gel great. I think I think they're aside from Butler, obviously they're they're a little too young right now. Um Oh yeah. Um but I think they can grow together really well. I just don't see an NBA final appearance from them or from Jimmy. I just don't see it. Um I just don't see that happening. I don't see it either. As much as I hate to say it, I don't see Jimmy Butler making it to the finals on a team where he's the top man. I just, I just don't. I, I never have. Mm. I, I, I love him to death, and I love his game. I love his mentality about the game. But I, I just personally have never seen him being that lead man that's going to take a team all the way to the finals with him on there, on his back, right. you know? And, and it's not going to happen from Brooklyn either. I'm going to let y'all know right now. There's no finals appearances coming from KD, the tandem of KD and Kyrie. Throw your tomatoes in. So you think Milwaukee going to stop them? Uh, I think they're going to stop themselves. I don't think it has to get as far as Milwaukee. It may not have to get as far as Boston. You got a team in Toronto that is just as good as they were with Kyrie Irving for all purposes, man. Like, they're they're playing great basketball. Um, and the East, we like to say it's weak, but it's actually becoming a, a deeper conversation. It's not just a LeBron-led team in the East anymore. It, it's dispersed. You, you, do you really know, to be honest? Cause it's I, I do agree the with that, but at the same time, the West is the West pound for pound, team for team is just still so much better. And as much as I loved what Toronto did last year, I personally put an asterisk by that championship because of the fact that Kevin Durant came back for one game and by halftime they were down about thirteen points and didn't have any signs of looking back until his Achilles finally fully ruptured. Had, had had Golden State been 100% healthy, yeah. Toronto would have prayed for a gentleman sweep. Oh, no, I had them. I, yeah, I had them. I actually had them in both. I had, I had the Warriors in both. I think they match up well enough to compete 
I know, and to be honest, I didn't even think just watching the um, conference semifinals, I didn't think that they were going to get past the Sixers until Kawhi just put on his heroics. Like, had, had <laughs> you travel by the way. You let him have that though. That's that's tough. That, that's a tough bucket. Regardless, it's like one of them. You got to kind of let that go. LeBron and traveled a couple times in the finals against Golden State, but it's one you got to kind of let that go. It's like you playing a great team. I I can't I can't uh, imagine what that would have done to the league itself if something like that happened. He hit that shot, but the West, but the rest took it away because they said he traveled. You know. Right, right. That's tough. That's tough. What's so, Will? Will, what do you see, man? What do you see out of Brooklyn? What do you see out of? Uh, I mean, man. Um, um, it's hard for me, man, because like, I, I, I love the Heat, man, but. I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like KD, man. I feel like Brooklyn going. I feel like Kevin Durant, he, he's won two, two championships. He kind of got that. It, it's it's kind of like when LeBron left. You know, he left Cleveland, went to Miami. He had to learn to be, yeah. not not necessarily a better player, but understand more about. He had to learn how to be a winning. champion. And I feel like. In, yeah, I feel like in Golden State, Kevin right. Durant learned that. So now it's like, okay, I, I can I can bring this to Brooklyn, like, cause I mean, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, still kind of in his own, like, he in his own way. So I feel like you know, Kevin Durant can bring that kind of, damn, that's hot. He can bring that kind of um, that expertise, and he can he can lead Brooklyn to. Where they want to um, go. The only the only difference is with LeBron leaving. Well, with LeBron doing anything that LeBron does, does LeBron is thirty five and he just got better. You can't tell me that KD is about to get better. KD is a a top talent in the history of basketball, but he is not getting better. After. I just don't see it. Man, hey, you, you know, sh- shooters Maybe shooters have good. a long longevity, man. That man's a shooter. That man's a sniper, dog. Oh, he's fragile, Will. It's just, man, but I... I can't put my eggs in a basket that got holes <laughs> in it because they going to yeah. fall out. Yeah, I just, I just think, honestly, man... It's, Kyrie and KD are holes. Yeah, I just think, man... Uh, With a W. I just think, man, we have to, we have to wait and see. You know, because, I mean, right now, it, it's going to be a lot of speculation, but we just got to wait and see, man, whenever, uh, you know, the season yeah. start up. Me, personally, I, and I, I personally feel like Milwaukee themselves, they probably have about a three- to four-year span to get it done. And if they don't, either, A, they're going to blow that team up or Giannis is going to leave, and that's a self-implosion right there in itself. Um, as far as Brooklyn goes, the best I can see, I can see them making the finals maybe once or twice, but I don't see them winning against one of these Western Conference teams just yet. I, I, just because I haven't seen what they're going to look like when it's KD 
and Kyrie. Um, so as far as that goes, I think that they're instantly going to jump up. They're not just going to be a second round and out team anymore after next year. They might get dropped the second round next year, but after that, I think it's either conference finals, finals, or bust for them at that point. Um, the thing that scares me about Brooklyn is the fact that their two leaders are so emotional of players that they are, and they can easily implode. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, too, see Brooklyn in a couple finals. The difference is exactly to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm. I can see it. But here, here's uh, the yeah. thing. If they go to the conference finals, I'm assuming they're going to see somebody like the Sixers. And the Sixers are a big asterisk to me because, one, JoJo can never stay healthy. And, two, I don't know exactly what Ben Simmons has going on mentally, but it's not conducive to winning championships or even making it to the finals. So – I don't really. But he was a game away. No, that was he the was, conference finals. After that, they would have went to go see Milwaukee. Or the semifinals, I mean. And I don't oh, yeah, my fault, see my them fault, my fault, beating fault, Milwaukee fault, in the playoffs fault, just because of the depth that they had. When, when you talk about the Sixers to me, I see Tobias, I see JoJo, and I see Ben Simmons, and it's um that at this point that's about as far as, as it goes as far as talent, like pure talent. And Milwaukee has mm. talent across the board. You had DiVincenzo before he left. You had Malcolm Brogdon, who they would have saw that year. You got Giannis himself. You got the Lopez brothers, who aren't as talented as they used to be, but they are still very effective with the veteran knowledge that they have, especially Brooke. And I just don't Brooke, – I, yeah, I, I just still don't see the Sixers coming across that. Now, provided Ben Simmons changes something, then they can go all the way. But I haven't seen that change in Ben Simmons yet. For one – he needs to get consistent from that. He needs to get consistent with that jumper. He's gotten better, but it's not enough. Um, and then you got to realize that everybody's on a ticking time bomb until Giannis gets a jumper. Because once that happens, that's a whole different animal. Yeah, they will. Will what did I say about Giannis oh, on yeah, the last man. one? Yeah, man, what they jumping. jumping what, man. Is, what, hey. what did I call him? Hey, one of the most dominant force in the league, bro. Not not just the league today. If Giannis Antetokounmpo had a jump shot, a, a reliable jump shot, whether mid-range, a little back, a three, if it was a reliable jump shot, he would be the greatest player you have ever seen play basketball I don't want to hear about Michael <laughs> Jeffrey George. I Talk feel it. Tonight. I feel it. it it's just, yeah. it's just yeah, one of those. I, I, I feel like if either. Giannis could shoot 30% from the three-point line, he would be so much of a problem because you can't leave him open like they do at this point in time. You're going to have to step up on him somewhat. If you step up on Giannis, he's going to leave you. He's too long, he's too fast, and he's too strong. 
So, so I, 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 I could, I could vouch for that to a certain point, except for the fact that even players like Giannis, they can't. I don't think they outweigh players that can get to their spot and can score at that spot no matter what you do, like a Kobe or a Jordan or even a Carmelo. There's nothing that you can do with those kind of players because they know how to get to their spots and they know what they're doing once they get to those spots, no matter what you do. The only thing you can do is play impeccable defense and hope that they miss. Right, right. And, and hey, you know what? It's been a lot of good points made. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll tell you this much. I look forward. I, I'm already looking forward to the playoffs. I'm looking forward to next year, man, because uh, it, it's a lot of stuff I want to see. Yeah, I want to. I, I got a lot of stuff pegged. I, I definitely want to see what the Lakers are able to pick up once they get this uh, salary cap boost and see what they can do. So yeah, man, I, I look, I look for, I look for them to make some noise, man, especially with this resurgence and this uh, how LeBron James playing, bro. It's people out there that want to win some chips, dog. Look, just go ahead and give me, give me the vet minimum, bro. I, I hope. I don't know if y'all saw, but there is, um, there's articles out there that say that Zach Levine really wants to be a Laker. Um, I know he. I know he has those two, three years in Chicago, which weren't his fault. They just matched his contract, and by the NBA, uh, by the um, the CBA, they instantly got him just because they matched it. But you can tell that he really doesn't want to be in Chicago at this point. Not at all. He He is a perfect Laker. I would love to see that happen. Well, let me just let y'all know this. You can write this down. It's set in stone. Um, first, it, I mean, it don't matter who the AC is. That's that's first. When we get to that four or five, that, we're we, we going to let them have a game or two. Now, that's Lakers and six. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the Clippers or whoever it is that's coming in the conference finals. Lakers and six again. Not only will we win championship 16, which LeBron will lead us to this year, but we're going to do it for Kobe. It's going to be the best sports story you have ever seen in your life. It's going to be the best sports story the world will see for the next 100 years. It's going to happen. I, I'll say this. I'm, I'm extremely nervous about the Clippers, but if we somehow manage to beat the Clippers or somebody beats the Clippers before us, there's not a single team that can stop us. Mm. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. I got I got teams right now. I would I like the chances of Utah right now against the Clippers. Cause I, I'm not sold on the Clippers. I I, I don't believe in playoff Paul George. I I don't believe in the other like some of those like to me, Lou Will and Harold. They run that team, and I don't care who else is out there. I don't care about Kawhi. Hey man, what did Kawhi do? And Sunday. I know Kawhi really didn't do everything that he was supposed to do that game. But that man is something different in the playoffs. Like it, he he's definitely a problem in that postseason. Like 
he, like LeBron, definitely can turn that switch and become something totally different. Um, and not only that, the thing that worries me about the Clippers more than anything is just the overall depth that they have. And, and we don't – Oh, talk to me. I, w- I want you to explain this one real good because that's what everybody says, man. I want you to explain that one to me real nice. Listen. Talk to me about this depth. It, it, How far does it go? I just seen Morris go 0 for 100. And that's talk fine, me, but, what, but that's one depth? game. Where's the Shannon? other two games, they smoked us both times because as soon as LeBron and AD went out, we had no answers. Their, their, their bench is great. Their starting lineup is great on offense and defense. It, and our biggest issue is what do we do once LeBron and AD goes to the bench? They have answers for that while we don't. We just figured it out. We just figured it out. We're going to put Lil Lou in the pick and roll. We're going to take Montrez Harrell out the game. We're going to get physical with him and take him out. You see, and that sounds nice, but Montrez Harrell is not somebody that you can physically take out the game. That's a tough fellow there. You're not just going to bump him out the game. He, he, he's not going for it. I've seen it in Houston. I've seen it, in, in, I've seen it now with the Clippers. He's, he's tough-minded, and he's willing to go, and he wants, he wants the opportunity. Um, I – you can bump out the game. Yeah, um, and I'm Play praying that he, I'm praying that he's not Indiana <laughs> Paul George because if he's anything like that, it, it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm not scared, man. I pray. I pray. And I, I tell you this: if we beat the Clippers, there's nobody else that can stop us. It, it's a wrap for everybody. I, and I also will say this: no, till this day, nobody wants mm. to see Game Seven, LeBron. So, man, that boy deadly. So it. So I, I hope I hope we get it. We can get our seventeenth chip. We can tie Boston. I pray LeBron can get us one more after that. But this one will mean so much to me if we could win this year. Just from you, all true Lakers fans sat through these dark ages and sat yeah. and waited. And now that we see a ray of light, if we could win yeah. one of these rings, especially this ring, because just for we Kobe in general. Ryan Kelly, Robert Sacre, we sat through Kendall Marshall. Man. <laughs> we sat through it all. We sat through Wayne Ellington. <laughs> We said through the we 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 done came through the Robert dark Sacre. ages, man. Like the true dark age. Robert yeah. Robert Sacre in the late. I just seen that man trying to hey, do bro. a dunk contest overseas. You know what? Uh, <laughs> terrible. That's terrible. And it is it, hey, so yeah. they was there for it all, man. We through it all, through all the hard times, through and as being a Laker fan, it's like being a Yankees fan. When you're down, the whole league kicks you while you're down. But once you come back up, nobody has a word to say. So, so I, I I pray, I dream about this championship this year. I need this one, LeBron. 
like this one. Like next year, you cannot get us another ring. I want you to get us one more just so we can out edge the Celtics and have mm-hmm. the most again. But this one means so much more to me than any other championship I've ever seen from from Magic to watching Ron Artest hit that crazy-ass three-point shot that I never right, would have right. thought he was going to hit. This, this one means more than yeah, any of those right now. So. The even more reason to cry. I, I promise. I, the, I only cried through one finals ever, and that was when the Pistons lost to the Spurs. This will be the second time I've cried for a championship. Hey, I might cry myself. Man, I think of. And I I I watched those championships with good company, like these last Golden State ones. Uh, Y'all probably don't know, but I grew up with Emmanuel Moutier. We was all sitting at Pluckers watching those finals. Or even the finals. We were watching when Klay Thompson spurred off on OKC and came back and made it to the finals. And all that emotion I felt then will never parallel to how I'll feel if LeBron James and the Lakers win this title this year. That's powerful. What you got, Will? Oh, yeah, that's facts, man. Uh, we, got a lot of, we got a lot of stuff, man, to, uh, to look forward to, you know, in the coming weeks. Um, and, uh, well, I think that wraps up uh, another episode of Will Talk. You know the real talk, man. And I wanna, I wanna say from the bottom of my heart, I wanna thank both of y'all, bro, for uh, you know jumping on and giving y'all insight. Especially to Mary, you bought a lot, you bought a lot of heat today, man. Uh, this was very interesting. So, uh, guys, you know, for I wanna thank everybody for listening. Uh, go, go ahead, D. I ain't mean to cut you off. Uh, I was just saying I appreciate y'all as well. I we we had some great talks. We had some great topics to discuss and y'all have provided some great insight as well and definitely giving me something to think about so I appreciate y'all it's always fun man man that's 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 a hundred man um well for everybody that's listening you know man we appreciate all y'all man uh for everybody that's going to listen whenever I post it everywhere we appreciate y'all too man uh we're going to be back this week with some more heat Got a nigga, cause man, look. All right, you know I wasn't gonna leave without saying it, bro. You know I wasn't gonna leave. I was gonna ask D. I was gonna ask D. Since he got some sits, man. He seemed like he got some sits. So D, do you do you do you like the nacho fries from Taco Bell? Man, I haven't had them yet, but them things look oh, like they, they might be a problem. You go get some, bro. Oh, you let me know next time we come on how the experience was. Hey, just for y'all, the next time I go to Taco Bell, I'm going to get me some, and I'm going to let y'all know. But let me tell y'all about some quesadilla milks for a dollar they got, though. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, hey, quesadilla yeah, yeah, yeah. milks good, bro. Them quesadilla milks good, yeah. bro. I'm not going to even lie. Them, them things yeah. fine, dog. I, I just ain't paying $1.52 for no season fries, bro. it's a dollar. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, it's fire, bro. I gotta give well, them a shot and see what they're talking about at least before I knock them. But they, the com- you know, you know how the commercials be though. They make food look completely different than how it looks when you, you actually get it. But 
From what you know, I've seen, you go, you go to the counter. Don't go through the drive-through. Go through the counter. Order you a, a order a nacho fries. On the safe side, you might want to order three because it's addictive. I'm gonna just let you know that. But you get you this. Let's just say you start out with one. You get it. You take that bag. Don't leave the counter. As soon as you get that bag, you you take it out. You grab your nacho fry and dip it in the cheese right there. And you let them see your face. Because you're going to have an out-of-body experience. I'm letting you know, bro. So do you think do you think that those are the next coming like the like the Locos uh, tacos? Yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely above the Locos tacos. Uh definitely. Oh, this I think I'm part Irish Man. and potatoes, but that, you know, uh that may be a little biased, <laughs> but it's definitely no no, it ain't biased. It's above the Locos tacos. I got to see I what you're talking about now. Because I don't even cheese. like car sale tacos and them loco tacos or something different. I know different. I'm getting potatoes and cheese. I don't know what's the next. How for me? I'm going to give them a shot, though, just for you, Mike, because you, you got me. You got, hey, I'm going to believe in you may want to. Matter of fact, you may want to go ahead and sit down because you may fall out. You may you may get too happy. You may catch a little holy ghost. Or something. Man, and. And you know, you know what, man? See, see all all this capping right now, man. You know what? Look, I tell you, I tell you what we gonna do, man. Next time we come back on here, I'm gonna yes. get the damn nacho fries because the shit that I had, man, it wasn't all. Yes. That. I'm gonna get the nacho fries, man. I'm gonna come on here. Anybody that's listening right now and that's gonna listen to my post this, please let us know on Facebook and Twitter. What yes. the hell you think about these nacho fries? Y'all hey, already know how I feel about the nacho fries, man. A dollar fifty-two, dog. Ah man, <laughs> I stick with my quesadilla. Hey, imagine if you had both, Samo. <laughs> Boy, so, so, so I'm gonna put the. You gonna be on that toilet? What you gonna be? <laughs> exactly, all that damn cheese. But yeah, man. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm definitely gonna. Um, you know what? I'm gonna come back talking shit about them nacho fries. I'm, I'm not gonna forget that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna be back sometime this week, man. Uh, we gonna get together and figure something out. But man, we appreciate y'all, and we out. We'll talk with a real oh. always talk. I 